there's lots of thoughts out there about what God is like. Some of them, you know, a little, a little out there, God's a tree, you know, something like that. But there are lots of belief systems and theories about God, and these things are important because of this. What you believe about God will cause you to pull closer to Him or, or draw back. If you believe God's a big meanie, just wants to hurt you, you're going to tend to, you know, draw back. But if you think He loves and He cares, you'll be compelled to draw towards Him. So here's the reason that this is true. What you think about God will determine how you relate to Him. Whatever you think about God determines how you relate to Him. In our series, we're exploring some truths about God so that we can have the accurate view of Him because of this. Here's our big idea. When I have an accurate view of God, I begin to discover the life I was made for. When I see God the way He wants me to see Him, I begin to have a different life And it's special because he's all over it with me. So we want to help you in this series have an accurate view of God. Last week, we talked about the fact that God is gracious and loving and kind. And today, our message is going to be God is great. We're going to talk about the greatness of God today. I want to tell you a story. Uh, Years ago, back when uh, Lori and I were just out of college, we felt like God was leading us to move to Fort Worth for me to go to grad school. I was going to be in ministry, and that would be a place to train for more to get ready for that. And so as we were heading that way, our car began to break down. And, and this had been a great car. I mean, I've been running the wheels off of it since high school, <laughs> but it was on its last leg. I had mechanics say, eh, it's not worth fixing. I mean, just, you know, get your car fast as you can. <laughs> and so uh, we're, we're dealing with that situation. And so I'm talking to my colleagues at work one day and uh, I, I told them about it. I said, man, my car is about shot. I've got, I've got to get something soon. And one of them said, so Ed, you're, you're pretty young. How, how's your credit rating? And I said, uh, what's that? I mean, I was clueless. And he laughed. He goes, oh, you could be in trouble. He said, you got cash to buy one? I said, no, I can't buy one for cash. I don't want to ask my parents for help, you know, but we, we just need a car. He goes, well, you're going to need to be able to get a loan. And to get a loan, you've got to have credit. And it sounds like you've got none. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, I, I may be in trouble. And then he gave me this great sage advice. He said, you need to go down the street here to the Sears store. Yeah, there were still Sears stores open back then. And he said, go down there and get a Sears credit card, and charge some underwear or something, get you some credit started. And I'm thinking, oh, man, what a bummer. I'm just, ah. And so after work, I went home, and, and I began to talk to Lori about it. And I begin to say, I don't know what we're going to do, sweetheart. Uh, I know we don't have credit, and yet we're going to need a car. And right now, we don't have that kind of cash, and blah, 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 blah. And after a while, she's getting upset. And, and she's thinking, man, that is, that is bad. What are we going to do? And so I'd taken my fear and anxiety and worry, and I'd infected her with it. So have you guys ever done anything like that? Life is going crazy um, things, something's not working out the way, and you're frustrated, you're worried, and then, of course, you take your worry and you give it to somebody, you know, your spouse or your kid. Now everybody in the house is all freaked out, and everybody's mad, and people, nobody's talking to you. know, have you ever seen it snowball like that? I see some people laughing and smiling, so that must be true. Um, well, you know, God knew you were going to face this. God knew we would go through things like this, because I certainly have done the same and he gave us some help. God gave you and me, he gave us some help in the Bible, and let's, we want to take a look at that today and try to help with this, because this is a real thing that happens to us, on a lot of us, on a daily 
basis. And so I want to give you, talk a little bit about a story that's in the Bible, and I'm going to set it up for you before I read a little bit of it. Here's the deal. Jesus and his disciples are in Galilee, and they, they're in a boat, and you can see it. This is the Sea of Galilee behind me. Of course, this is a more modern-day version, a more modern picture. This is actually out of a hotel window looking over into the water. Well, they were out on that water. And they were in a, some sort of boat, a, a vessel that was big enough to have you know, separate compartments and even a, like a sleeping quarters where somebody could go and, and sleep. I assume there had to be a cot of some sort because Jesus was down there sleeping. Okay, He was sawing logs, and a storm came up. And these guys that were on the boat, his disciples, these, they were seasoned fishermen. They knew how to pilot a boat. They knew how to make things work right. They've been in storms before. But this one was apparently big enough that they were freaking out. They were thinking, we're going to sink. I mean, these waves are coming over. It's going to take the boat down, and, and it's going to take us with it. So they, they panic. And they, you know, they think it's over. They think... We're not going to survive this, so I'm going to pause there for a second. Have you been there? Have you been to a place in life where you're, you know, you're sailing along, and all of a sudden there's a storm, and you think, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to survive this. I, I didn't see this storm coming, and, and I mean, these were good people. They, they, it's not like they were out there smuggling dope. They were fishing. You know, they were going to where Jesus wanted them to go. I mean, they were just, you know, cruising along through life, and bam. And they think, I don't, I don't know. We're not going to survive. So, I, again, I can see some smiling faces like, yep, been there, and maybe you sold drugs. I don't know. But um, <laughs> this is where they were, and, and it was rough. So they run around maybe looking for Jesus because they're like, maybe he can help us. And so they get down, they find him asleep. And they're like, hey. Oh, I guess I'll read it to you. Then I'll, then I'll paraphrase it for you. Here we go. He, Jesus was asleep. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. So they shook him awake, saying, teacher, don't you even care that we're all about to die? And stop there. Have you been there? I might ask you that a few times today. Um, God, don't you even care what's happening? Don't you even care that my... Whatever that this went this way, don't you even care that so and so? Don't you even care that my child? Don't you even care that my job? Don't you don't you even care that this is going and that I'm on my way down? I might not make it past this month. Don't you care that my lights are going to get? I mean, whatever it is, I think we've probably. I'm sure. I know I've been there. Um, I might have been there a little bit last week. I'm not sure. Yeah. Hey, God, don't you even care that this is happening? Well, that's where they were. I mean. Maybe you've literally been on a boat before and you've experienced, like literally experienced waves like that. I've been in a little bit, not, not some of the video I've seen of these massive 100-foot waves and these huge vessels, and I would think, oh, I would never be in the Navy, could not do it, please let me do anything else. I, it, because it's, it's so big and, and so much in front of you and you're feeling, and that's all you can focus on. Well, Jesus, they got him awake, and let's keep reading, fully awake, he rebuked the storm. He's like, he had, some, he had some choice words to say to the storm. He shouted to it this, hush, calm down. All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. I've been on the water before when it was like glass. And it's beautiful and it's amazing. 
That, that's what happened. And then he turned to his disciples and he said to them, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? The difference between those guys and Jesus was Jesus knew how great God is. He's like, I can sleep through this. He knew there was a storm. But, but Jesus was like, look, this ship ain't going down because I'm on it. And, it, of course, you know, Jesus, the Son of God, God was on the boat. It wasn't going to go down. There was no way. It couldn't happen. Um, you know, Jesus was unsinkable, kind of like ivory soap. It'll float. <laughs> this, that's what it was. And you, know, you could paraphrase kind of his response this way. Hey, guys, you should know by now that as long as you're in my boat, we're not going down. I know there's a storm, and yeah, it was bad, and I, I understand that part, but it wasn't going to go down. Or he could have said something maybe this way. Maybe you could put it this way in your mind. It's time for you to learn how great God really is. You know, let's, let's begin to grasp you know, this massive storm. It's nothing. It's like a puff of air. There, there's nothing to be afraid about. Well, listen, storms of life can be big, and you can, you'll feel them. And you've experienced them. Some of you might be in the middle of a horrible storm of life right now. But if you're in God's boat, you're not going down. You're not going to sink. And the reason is because God is great. So these stories help us um, understand that we don't have to be a victim of our circumstances. We can resist being full of fear because God is in control. God is in control. Say that with me. God is in control. He is. He is in control. Now, one day Jesus was teaching some more about this and about specifically trusting God. And he had been talking to the guys about, you know, uh, God's going to take care of your needs. He knows you need food and clothes and stuff. He's going to take care of that everyday stuff. But, but here's how you ought to live. And so look at what he said to these guys. Jesus said, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep yourself, focus is what he's getting at. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. So rather than focusing on what Jesus called all our everyday human concerns, he's saying focus somewhere else. And he gave us three dynamics, three big, big truths for us to focus on. So let's, let's look at those and, and talk about them a little bit. First, he said to focus on God reality. God really is real. He exists. And more than that, he cares about you. And about me, sometimes we're like, God, you feel so far away, whatever. But the truth is, he doesn't ever leave us. He never gets out of the boat, like Chad was saying. And so as we focus on God reality, that really helps us not be focused on just our circumstances. And then the second phrase there was God initiative. I love that. Here, I think Jesus is trying to get the guys to realize God sees and cares, and he's going to do the right thing at the right time. He's going to take initiative. We don't have a God who sits back and says, oh, I'm so sorry that's happening to you. Good luck. No, he's like, I know what I'm going to do to meet it, and I know the best time for the best good for the most people. And so God initiative is what takes place when he decides the time is right for you and for me. 
And then the third thing Jesus said was God provisions. They were thinking about their human provisions in life that were legitimate needs, of course. But he's saying, think about what God provides. Think about the needs he will meet in your life that are even more important. When, uh, when we were struggling about that car we needed, uh, yes, I needed a car, but more importantly, I needed trust. I needed peace. I needed the, the grace to be able to just rest in God and just trust that he's going to take care of this somehow, some way. So we, we want to make a few major statements here to kind of put it all together. First, God is both capable and eager. It's not just that he can, but he wants to. God is capable and eager to take care of me so I can release my control issues to him. There it is. We, I don't know about you, but boy, I, I want to grab a hold of things that are starting to shake and fix them by controlling them. And after a while, it's just, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> but that, that's just kind of our default, isn't it, to try to grab on to stuff. But God is capable and eager to take care of me. I really can learn what it is to release control. Now, uh, if we do that, if we learn what it is to release control to God, he can do amazing things. He can do just awesome things and, and help us see how much he loves us and cares and help us grow in our faith and trust in him at the same time. So here's the answer to having fear and control when circumstances are tough and we're in a bad storm. The answer to fear and control issues is to trust in a great God who will act on my behalf and meet my needs. That's the answer to us being full of frustration, trying to control stuff, to just trust that God, he is great, he can handle it, he can do what needs to be done, and he will act, and he will meet my needs. I want to finish my car story. There's more to that story. So uh, Laura and I are like, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, my gosh. And then we said, you know, we got a, a friend at church. And he's a smart financial guy, and uh, why don't we talk to him? His name was Aubie Brown. And so we made an appointment and, and went and met with Aubie, and I said, here's the deal, and I told him what we were trying to do and about the car. He goes, okay, Ed, let, let me ask you a few questions. Aubie says, Ed, does the car run right now? I said, yes, sir, it's running right now. He said, do you think it'll get you 100 miles up the road to Fort Worth to get into grad school up there? And uh, we said, yeah, uh, it, it'll get there. It's not going to last a whole lot longer, but yeah, it's, it's safe enough and reliable enough we can get up the road. And he said, well, Ed, then the need you have, which I understand is legitimate, it's not a screaming need right this second, and it doesn't seem like God's done anything, so why don't y'all just go forward? Y'all go ahead and go to Fort Worth, get in, uh, enrolled in school, and just let God do what he wants to do. He was basically saying, Ed, let go of control and trust God. And so we did that. We moved to Fort Worth. And after a while, my wife got a job at the Fort Worth Independent School District, okay? And so uh, the car was getting really bad, and so I began to car shop, and, and I found uh, a car at a great price and thought this would be great if I just could buy it, right? And so then we had learned that Fort Worth ISD is so big, there's so many employees, they had their own credit union. And so I went to the Fort Worth ISD credit union, went in there, told them our story, and the woman, you know, looked at our stuff and our application, and she said, yeah, you, you don't have any credit, but that doesn't matter. We're here to help our employees. Your wife's got a job. You got the loan. I was out of there in 30 minutes, just like that, just that quick and that easy. God provided a way. And she even said, well, what car are you getting anyway? I said, well, I'm getting one over here from this man called Philemon. She said, oh, he'll do you right. A lot of teachers buy cars from him. You'll, you'll be real happy. He'll give you a great deal. All in just... Less than an hour in an afternoon, 
That's how great God is. And eventually, just kind of the cherry on top of the icing on the cake, we actually paid that sucker off early. <laughs> Paying off things early is amazing. Yes. Um, you know, how many of you have ever done what Ed did and, and what I've done plenty of times, and you focused on something to the degree that it organized everything else in life? Um, the, the truth is, that's exactly the way things work. Whatever you focus on takes up the most real estate in your mind. And so at that point, every decision, everything you do all day long, when you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you talk, everything is filtered through what you're focusing on. And so if your focus is on a problem or a storm, I'm not saying ignore everything. I'm just saying if your focus is on that, then guess what? A storm organizes your life. A storm organizes your relationships. It, it takes up the most real estate. So um, we have a, a better suggestion, and that is, how about focusing on a God that's great? Uh, I, I know sometimes you feel like he's asleep in the bottom of the boat, and like, don't you even care, God, that this is happening to me? Well, he cares, but he also knows who he is. And he also knows, I got it. We're not going down. I won't let you go down. So if you begin to focus on, okay, hold on, God, I'm going to focus on you. Now God takes up the most real estate in your mind, and everything you do and every relationship you have and everything you go through is, is filtered through God. That is the best way to live life. Hands down, it's the best way. I want God to have all the real estate, and I, and, and, and I need to also let go of it myself. Let me read you Isaiah 26.3. We're referring to God here. God um, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Focus on, let me grab hold of God, and whose thoughts are fixed on you. Peace grows. It'll grow in my life as I focus on how great God is. What I'm telling you, what we're saying to you today works. We have done this. We've been through it. And um, I know that you think that, 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 let me back that up. I know that people think that the one of two things usually about preachers and pastors of churches, number one, they either think they're all crooks or they think that, well, I could never be like them because they know everything about the Bible and you know they've got like a special bat phone that goes straight to God and um, I could never do that. Well, the truth is we're regular people and I've gone through and had problems as taking up the most real estate in my mind before. As a matter of fact, even just the last couple of weeks, I've had you know a, a certain problem try to try to begin to take real estate. I'm like, hold on, no, you can't have this. And so I have experienced it just like you have. We've all been through these type of things, and I want to take off on something about what Ed said about control. I'm learning that the truth is, for me, and this is going to be true about you as well. Really. I only control a little bit of what happens. I mean, really, I only control a tiny bit. I mean, you know, when my kids were two, I could control them mostly. Well, now that they're a little older, even by the time they're two and a half, I can't control them anymore. If they're going to cry, they're going to cry. If there's a storm going to come in life, a storm is going to come in life. I can't control it. I want to. I want to grab it and like make, but I can't. It won't. It doesn't work that way. So when I, when I try to grab hold of those things, 
and, and trying to hang on to something that a storm and I got to try to keep this boat afloat. I'm stressed out. I'm aggravated. I'm upset. Everybody knows it. Don't talk to me. You know, I'm going to bite your head off or, you know, it, it begins to organize my life. The better thing, the better thing is to just hold on. Let me let go. There's a guy. Uh, he was a Christian writer. His name is Reinhold Niebuhr. And he wrote a prayer a few, quite a few years ago. And many of you in here today have heard part of it before. That's why I'm bringing this one up. AA took, took hold of it at one point, and they use it. It's been in movies. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been put all over. But this is a really famous prayer, uh, especially here in our country, and I want to read it to you. I'm going to read you the first part, and you're mo- a lot of you are going to recognize it, okay? Whether you've been in AA or not, you're going to recognize it, all right? Here we go. God, grant me the serenity, or the, you know, it's all about peace. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. How many of you have ever seen that or heard that before? Yeah, see, several of us have. All right, and that's just because you've been around a while, you, you've heard it. Well, you know there's more to this. The, the, the famous part of it is only this little section, but there's more. And it's just so interesting to me. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to read the rest of it. Here we go. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. Like, hey, we're on the boat. We're, we're, you know, there's, it's going to be rough. I'm going to take it, just one, one, one day, one thing at a time. Taking as God did, or as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will. I think this is an amazing prayer. I, I need to incorporate this, you know, at least the heart of it, into the, the way I think and the way I do things. God, I mean, the world doesn't always work the way you think it should. Life goes different ways than the way we think it should, probably more often than not. And if I can grab hold of that and realize, wait a minute, my job, my job isn't to keep the boat afloat. My job isn't to fix all the problems. I, that, that's God's job. My job is to let go of it and say, God, you take this one. As a matter of fact, why don't you just take all of them? I'm going to surrender to your will. Take me where you want me to go. Life is way better that way. Let me finish the prayer. We do that so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever in the next, in the next life. I would recommend you um, going through that a few times. And begin to apply it. Let God have the bigger piece of real estate in your mind. Now, we want to help you today and help you to begin to focus in on God the way that this prayer and the way we've been talking about, let's focus on God who is great. Here's what you can do. You can start by deciding, or hey, God, you know what? I'm going to give, give you a shot. I'm going to give God. I'm going to give church. I'm going to give Jesus. I'm going to give all of this a try, especially if you've never, if you, maybe today's your first day ever in church. I, I've never done this before. Well, give it a try. And, and just say, okay, let me, let, let me see. Let me follow for a bit and check it out. And then at some point, it may, maybe you're in this spot where you say, I'm going to let myself believe some of this. 
I'm going to allow myself to believe it. A lot of times we fight ourselves whether we're going to believe something or not. Just let yourself believe the things you read in the Bible, the things that you hear, maybe in some of the songs that we sing, maybe something that, 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 that we say on a Sunday morning. Let yourself begin to believe it and, 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 and try it. The things you experience in, in pe- with people that are going the same way, trying to follow God, or people that are letting God choose for them. Even, maybe even take a moment today to say, God, I'm going to be in. I'm in with you. I've gone the, you know, kind of a wrong direction before. Let's get this straight. I want to be part of your family. I want to go the way you're going. You could decide that today. It's real simple. There's, a, there's not even specific words you have to say other than you're connecting to God with your heart. And then test stuff out. Engage and apply. And apply. What, what, what's being said, what you're learning. Put it to work and, and see what happens. Here's a few ways to start, specifically what we're talking about today. The first step would be to ask God to give you an accurate view of how great he is. Because the truth is, sometimes we don't know. We, we don't know. We, we just don't know, and that's okay, but ask God to help you see it. Show me how great. The guys in the boat with Jesus needed to know how great God was. Because apparently they, they didn't have it figured out because they thought they were going down. And it's understandable that they thought it because it was a big, real storm in their face. But they needed to realize, God's bigger than that. God's bigger than that. The next thing you can do is ask God to show you where you're focusing on your circumstances instead of on God. Hey, God, let me give me a picture of the real estate in my mind. What really is happening in there? What? You might find out you have more brains than you thought. But, you know, hey, God, wow, it wasn't even funny at all. I'm so sorry. So, um, you know, there's a, God, let me see what's taking up the most real estate in my brain. Help me to see it. Let me recognize what it is. So if it needs to change, then it needs to change. You know, the circumstances that you're facing, they're temporary. God is forever. Now, the, the third and final thing, ask God to help you give him the biggest piece. Kind of, kind of just said that. Help, God, I want to give you all of the real estate in my mind. So when you're losing your mind because of a storm or something isn't working the way you thought, not going the way you thought it should, and it's stressing you out and you don't know what you're going to do, that's the best time to stop. God, I'm going to focus on you today. You run the show. I'll let you worry about this stuff because it's not my job anyway. I want to make one more comment about my story with the car. What if, when the car was starting to go downhill, I just started to pray and say, God, you know our needs. And what if, when I'm at work and talking to my fellow, my coworkers, and they're like going on and on about credit, what if I'd have thought, maybe, I don't know if that's what God's saying right now. And, and what if I'd have gotten the car before I drove home and said, God, you know, I'm kind of really stirred up here, and these guys are all saying this, and what are you saying? Help me, Lord. And I just take a little bit to breathe and to pray and ask God to give me peace. And so I go home, and I come in, and how was your day, honey? Well, I had an interesting conversation, and these guys were saying that, but I, I'm not thinking that, that we should be too, too worried. And, and my wife goes, okay, my husband's thinking that God's going to take care of us. Okay, what, what would that have looked like? How different would that have been? Now, how about you? You're either in a crisis today or you've come out of one, 
or you're heading into one, or all three. I mean, that's just where we are in life, right? And so I want you to daydream for just a moment. Daydream, what would it look like if, if I was trusting God in this storm? What would it have looked like in the past in my story? What would it look like today, this trouble I'm dealing with? If I was trusting God, what would that look like? And what I think it would look like is a person at peace and a person who's trusting and looking to God, not overly focused on circumstances. Y'all stand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that you are a great God. You really care and you really love us and you plan to take initiative to meet our needs. You are just amazing. You have all we need. You are all we need. So this week, Father, we want to be a people who focus on you. Lord, we don't want to be like those disciples. Very understandably, they got afraid, but they panicked and basically were questioning if you cared. Lord, we want to be people who this week, we believe you. We trust you. So this week, Lord, would you just bring us all to a place where the majority of our focus is on you and what you're doing, and we get to see what you do in our lives. Lord, bless these folks, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.